The scripture lesson this morning is from the New Testament, Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. O God, we are thankful that you have created this colorful colorful world, that you have invited us to see the world through your eyes, and that you trust us enough to join you in the creative process. Through the stories we hear today, may your light shine brightly on our path as we strive to fulfill your hope for all creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) For those who don't know me, my name is Madison Stevens. Um, I'm a senior at J.J. Pierce High School in Richardson, about 15 minutes away from here, 10 minutes if you're driving with me, 7 if you're driving with my dad. Our family has been attending church at Canyon Creek Presbyterian shortly before I was born, and my mom can still tell stories of how it didn't seem like an option to find another church when Canyon Creek decided to expand and change locations. I'm involved in many activities at my school. One of I'm most proud of is receiving an internship at Methodist Hospital just down the road in their intensive care unit. I plan to obtain my Bachelor's of Science in Nursing from the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, and I'm patiently expecting another football championship or two while I spend my next four years there. Lastly, my favorite book in the Bible is Romans, where we are focusing today. Now, being completely honest, almost every time I read any verse in the Bible, I have no idea what's going on. We read some of the most influential verses in the entire Bible, and everyone has their hands raised to the sky, feeling the power of our Savior, and I'm that three-year-old who decided to stay with Mommy instead of going to Sunday school, wishing at that moment I had gone to Sunday school. Seriously, I visited another church last year a couple of times, and we were singing and praying and preaching, and the lights dimmed and stage lights flashing in and out of the audience, and people are crying five minutes into service, and I'm like, what did I get myself into? (laughs) If you ever see me in service on Sundays, the first thing I do after songs is fold my bulletin, grab a hymnal and a pen, so I can furiously write down the analysis of the verse that is given to us during sermon. I go home, and that night I read over my notes and that verse in my NLT Bible. For those who don't know, this is the New Living Translation, and known as one of the easiest translations to decipher, the perfect one for me. And then at that moment, I have that feeling of raising my hands to the sky feeling the power of our Savior. Same thing with this verse. I went straight to my NLT Bible, and I want to share this translation with you all. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, this verse is jam-packed with words and comparisons and hidden messages and the overall message of this chapter. 
To fully understand what this verse is saying, we have to go into what each contrast is saying. First, we start with nor death or life. Whichever way you lead your life, whether it be atoning for sins, sinning and not acknowledging or not believing in sin at all, God's love is still present. Our struggles in life draw us closer to him. Think of it this way. If we didn't have any struggles in life on earth, would we appreciate heaven? Even when we die, God's love will still be there to escort us to the kingdom of heaven. Angels are demons. Demons are looking to destroy your life in every dark corner. God's love is a protector and a light that is with you always. Angels throughout the Bible are a communicator of God's love to us here on earth. And whether they betray God or not, God's love will still remain. Fears of today or worries of tomorrow. For an incoming college student and a current high school senior, this one example is something that really resonates with me. If you think of your greatest fear, physical or mental, or your greatest worry, something that has haunted you for years that you're trying to avoid or not confront, God's love will be with you by your side, ready to take on the world with you. God loved us long before we were born and created a plan and a purpose for us. He knows that we will worry, but it will never turn him away from us. Powers of hell. I believe this is the second biggest thing that stands in the way of God's love. Throughout the Bible, it talks about the quarrel between the dark and the light, good and bad, heaven and hell. People have the misconception that when we turn to the powers of hell, either our whole life or in the action of sin, God turns away from us. But God's love is still there. We are the ones pushing ourselves away from God in this action. We are the ones who are ashamed of our wrongdoings and feel like God will never open his arms to us again. But he does. He opens his arms so wide and so big we fall into them like you fall into your parents' arms or your significant other's embrace or, if you're like me, the comfort of your bed. It is so amazing how we can look at our Creator and say, I love you, but I can't obey you this time. I know this is what's best for me, but it's the hard way. Thanks, but no thanks. And he is still waiting for us, arms open wide when we are ready. Power in the sky or below the earth. To put this into perspective, the original verse says neither height nor depth. This is saying that no matter where we are, whether on the highest peak or lowest in the sea, God's love will never waver. Whether hurricanes come shooting from the sky, yes, shooting, or volcanoes start erupting from the depths of the earth, God will not run or shriek in fear. He will wrap us in his graceful embrace. Or whether you feel on top of the world, feeling so high off the happiness and accomplishment, God will be there cheering for you the loudest. Or if you feel so low, there does not seem like another option but to let go of life early, sadly, as too many people my age do. People do not think God is there, but he is. He is in every corner of life. We just have to open up our eyes and our love and our faith to see it. Easier said than done. Nothing in all creation. It seems obvious. God created creation. Why would it get in the way of his love? Well, ponder this. How many of you have checked your phone during this service? If so, how many times? How many of you woke up, promised yourself the night before you would go to church, but were just too tired or didn't feel the drive to come because your warm house and hot coffee and comfy recliner were just too tempting? I can attest to this more times than I would like to say. Now, you can take it up with Pastor Andy about not going to church on a brisk or scorching Sunday, but God still loves you no matter what. He created the church to have a community of people as all in with Jesus as you are, not to beat you down for being a bad Christian. He created the church because we can't do this whole Christianity thing alone. We need people. 
These contrasts focus on one central topic, God's love. So what exactly is God's love? We hear about it in this verse especially and through the New Testament. So what is the definite answer of God's love? God brought down his one and only son to earth in the flesh. As my young life leader Graham would say, God in a bod, so he could rid the world of our sins and we could be forever forgiven for our wrongdoings. Jesus allowed us to have a relationship with God by not having to follow the law, but by having faith in him. Jesus walked the earth being the only one to never sin, was betrayed by his best friends, nailed to the cross, and suffocated to death. All of this suffering by one person to rid our wrongdoings. Salvation. This is the central root of God's love. Now, like roots, God's love spreads out through every person, and no root is the same. This summer, I was given the amazing opportunity to ascend, to attend Synod Youth Workshop at Tulsa University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. My roommate and now dear friend taught me about God's love. The first night in small group, we were talking about God opening and closing doors that come from difficult times in our lives. The room was dead silent as we were all trying to narrow down in our minds an influential point where God closed or opened a door for us. From across the room, I hear her speak, and I will never forget it. Three months ago, she said, one of my best friends was driving through the rain in the dark, got in a car accident, and he died that night. Tears started streaming down her face as she continued to speak. This is the first time I have said this out loud, and it makes it real. God is opening a door for me by telling you all. Small Group 17 felt God's love that night. And I am pleased to say Small Group 17 contacts each other every month to check in and reminisce on our times together that week. Every time I get a message from them, I feel God's love. That same year in January, I attended Senior High Youth Connection, usually known as Shicey. Long story short, we were talking about how the worst things in our life have or will come to an end, and the good times are just around the corner. We were all giving examples of this, and one girl from my small group told a story that still sticks with me. Her whole life, her mother and sister had experienced major depression. Her sister had thoughts of suicide. This girl herself was in an emotionally abusive relationship. And she hated God for giving her this life. She gave up on God, turned her back, and ran the opposite way. Still stuck in the quicksand of her toxic relationship, she finally realized her worth. She got out of that relationship, took time to give herself, sister, and mother a better state of mind, and eventually accepted God back into her life six months before we all landed in that same room. She said that she had never realized a greater love than what God has for us. She realized this six months prior to Shicey, and I rekindled a sense of God's love in that room. Needless to say, God's love is everywhere, all around us, and can be found in every crevice of the world in any situation. God can be found in all different types of shapes, forms, events, times, and people. God can be found when we have times where we look God in the eye and say, thanks, but no thanks. And he's still there. God's arms are open wide. God's arms are wide open, sorry. <laughs> Ready to give us the salvation we receive by believing in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ to save us from the sins of the world. I see God's love and light in each of you this morning, and I want to thank you. And I want to thank everyone who has seen the light and love in me as I've spent all of my 17 years here. You all have let me expand my capacity to love and see God's love in every crevice of life. And I hope I have sparked something in you to find that love too. Thank you.
Good morning. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is James Camp. I am a senior at Richardson High School, and next year I will be pursuing a degree in theater technologies with an emphasis in lighting design. Um, because of the degree I'm pursuing, I will not know where I'm going to college for probably another two months. And yes, that does make me a little nervous. Um, most of my friends already know where they're going to college, what they want to do, and here I am still sitting here waiting, unsure what my future is going to be. Um, in fact, last night I just got home from a college visit in Boston, so here I am. Um, going off to college is something I have been looking forward to for a while now. I've always been a very independent person and liked being by myself, so the idea of leaving home has never worried me. Um, however, the longer I wait and reflect about these interviews I've gone to, the more I'm worried about my future. I think, what if no one wants me? What if I don't get into a college? Um, so I'm freaking out a little. My whole life, I've lived in the same house, I've gone to the same church, I've stayed in the same school system, and really the only thing that has ever changed for me is the people in my life. Um, it's fair to say I haven't had a ton of experience with change. However, some of them have been good, some of them have been bad. At the end of third grade in elementary school, we decided, my family and I, that I should change elementary schools. Um, just so I could pursue a better education and challenge myself more. And so this was a decision made with the best intent, but kind of had a horrible outcome. When I switched schools, I did not have many friends, and I went from being the top in my class to just an average person, which was kind of an adjustment being that young. Um, I didn't really enjoy it there, and I just kept thinking, if I can just get to junior high, I just have a few more years, I can make it through this. And that would have been great, um, going to a different junior high and getting away from those kids. But that didn't happen as easily as I thought it would. I tried interviewing for a different junior high, which I didn't get into. Uh, and so I remember going home crying and just laying there and being so upset that I was going to have to live my life for a couple more years with people I absolutely despised. These people had not forced me, but I started looking more at the things I had, what phone I had, what I wore, how I looked, rather than the person I was becoming and actually caring about the people around me. So luckily, I was called down to the office one day, and my counselor asked me if I still wanted to go to a different school. I was like, of course, yes, please get me out of here. And so when I went to West Junior High, I found a group of people I really fit in with and really found a home for myself. Um, I started focusing less on the things I had, whether I had the newest iPhone or anything, and really about just creating connections with people and having a good time in life. Um, so during that time in elementary school, I kind of took a step away from God. I had become so focused on myself that I completely shut everything else out. 
And so here I was creating connections with other people, and I decided maybe it was time to renew my connection with God. And so going to things like Mo Ranch, and this past summer I went to Synod, just like Madison, and I have really seen my faith grow and develop in a way I never thought it would. Um, but going off to college, I worry, here's another big change coming in my life, and I don't know if I'm going to step back into myself and shut everyone out again, or if this will give me an opportunity to grow and develop further. But I keep reassuring myself that when I do go off to college, God will be with me. He will always be there and love me no matter what. I have turned away from him time and time again, and yet he has always been there for me when I am truly in need. So, yes, I am nervous about school, but I know with God at my side, I will be fine. Hello. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Kelsey Johnson. I'm a senior at Pierce High School of Madison, and I plan to attend A&M University at College Station to study engineering this fall. <laughs> I'm involved in cross-country orchestra, where I've played the cello for the past seven years, as well as in the school musical for the past three. I've been coming to this church since I was in third grade, and I've loved it ever since I arrived. Its congregation has always been extremely welcoming and generous in its compassion towards others, even those who are not members of the church. To be honest, the scripture decided on for today gave me pause. I've heard this passage a few times today, but I'm still going to read it to you once more. It talks of how nothing, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This scripture carries an important message, one that we base many of our teachings off of that God will not let anything keep you from his love. But what does that really mean? It's a comforting passage, for sure. It speaks of the unconditional love God has for us, but it is almost simplistic in its message. Yes, God loves us. I know that. You know that. We've been taught that since Bible school. His never-ending love is a reminder we fall back on in times of stress or conflict and serves as a basis for all of the lessons Jesus taught us, that above all, God loves us. But to dive deeper into the scripture leads me to a message that hones in on a common fear I think we all have. A fear that we're not doing enough. A fear that we will never be good enough. But God does not discriminate. God does not let his children go easily. The scripture is a reminder of his love, one that we can all identify with in our devotion to Christ. In short, God's love is unconditional. That neither death nor life can separate us is an amazing line. What I find most interesting about it is that the message includes life as something that can never separate us from God's love. Death is less amazing to me. It leaves nothing to divert your attention from God. But life is busy. It's messy. It's complicated and distracting. To have God love us without fail, despite our misgivings in life, is the miracle of Christianity. Life includes everything you do, every decision you make. Like many people, I live in the present. I prioritize short-term goals and push off those that are farther down the line. In theory, this is a great system. You work through what is more what is a more immediate issue or task as they come, so you're always on top of what you need to be doing. However, this method has a very large, gaping hole in the middle of it. If you only focus on what needs to be done in the present, how can you plan for anything in the future? That project needs to be, that needs to be completed in six months is probably given to you six months in advance because of how long it takes to complete it. If you live in the last minute, right 
If you leave it to the last minute right before it's due, you have six months of work to do in a very short period of time. I'm working on changing my habits so that I am not constantly rushing about from one place to the next, always working to meet a deadline that pops up out of nowhere. You may also know this law in planning by another name, procrastination. In the passage, it is said that neither the present nor the future can keep you from God's love. The present is a much better distractor from what needs to be prioritized in life in the far-off future for a procrastinator like me. But God is able to push through that wall of stress and deadlines you may surround yourself with. You just need to be willing to meet him. The future, however, is not so great of a prioritizer itself. You know the people, the dreamers, the ones who plan everything to such great detail you have no idea how they even have time for breathing. They look to the future with such hope in their eyes and plan everything around them so they can get there as soon as possible. Their planners and calendars are full. When they reach the goal, the future they so meticulously planned for, they don't have any time to enjoy it. They have other things to be doing to reach goals even farther out of their reach. Now, being organized is not a bad thing. I myself need to work on planning my schedule better so that I have 